this morning, I have a word, and I know it's from God, because it's a word I've carried in my heart for many years, and um, um, it's a word I've carried in my heart for many, many years, and I believe that it's a word that God wants to release over us to us, into our hearts, and into our lives. I don't want you to listen to what I have, I'm saying from a place of the intellect. I'm a medical doctor trained cognitively in the sciences, so if I wanted to impress you, I could but that will be an act of disobedience. What I'm going to be sharing this morning is something that is going to resonate in your hearts. The disciples said, didn't our hearts burn? And I believe that the Holy Spirit will resonate words in your spirit as I speak. And your heart is going to vibrate on a frequency of prophecy and spiritual reality. There is a difference from having a mind encounter with God to having a spirit-to-spirit -spirit encounter with God. Both are valid, but one is more permanent than the other. And one is more real than the other. And I need you to understand that at the church, we have to move higher. I want to thank you for giving me the honor in sharing this with you. The leadership team, thank you very much for being brave enough and asking me to be myself. So anything I'm going to do or say is their fault. Now, when I read a blurb that you wrote in your leaflet about what I was going to say, something they said caught my attention, which I want to correct. They said Jonathan is going to speak about things that could happen. And what I wrote to them was Jonathan is going to speak about things that would happen. So someone in leadership thing thought, no, that's too dangerous. <laughs> Change it to could. And I know that's a pastoral responsibility. And thank you very much. But what I want to share with you is not something that I think I saw is what I know I saw. I cannot unsee what I saw. Hello, are you with me? Do you want me to share with you what I saw? Hmm. Now, I stand before you as the seed of the fruit of the seed. The apostolic church shared with me a a prophecy that they had many years ago 
when I encountered them and they invited me to share on their platform, they said, Jonathan, we had a prophecy and we believe that you, you need to hear the prophecy. And the prophecy went something like this, that the seed of the fruit of the seed will bless you. That precious seed left these shores and went to the nations. And that seed bore fruit. And the seed from that fruit has come back to be a blessing to the United Kingdom and these isles. Hallelujah. So I am a seed of the fruit of the seed. And I believe that God is bringing people from all over the world back here. The empire strikes back. In all a good sense of the word. Hallelujah. But I, I believe that we need to understand what I'm about to share with you is not a theory. I'm presenting to you a vision of what I saw. And I believe that as we grapple with this, as we pray about this, the Lord will reveal more to you. All you need to do is go and ask Jesus that what this handsome Nigerian shared with me, is it true or not? Hallelujah. Thank you. I've not shared it yet. And so I believe that the Lord will resonate in your heart a number of things that he wants to do. And this is a brave move of yours to do this. I'm going to be sharing a video with you. It's about four minutes long and I want you to sit back and watch it in a minute of what I saw. And I believe that after we listen together with what I have put together, I can then speak off the back of this. Many years ago, during prayer, the Lord granted me a vision of these entire aisles. I was looking down from satellite, it seemed, and I could see instantly the five family of nations, including all the smaller isles. At that precise moment, I knew clearly in my heart that the Lord had a detailed and precise plan for these isles, and he was granting me access to some of his thoughts and strategy. Apart from the satellite view, I also had another view from just above street level. I noticed people were praying and gathering to pray everywhere, indoors, outdoors, in pubs, under lampstands, schools, offices, homes and venues across the entire landscape. The numbers were in units of fives and threes and fifties, hundreds and thousands. For simplicity, let's just say fives, fifties, five hundreds and five thousands. I think that's better. I noticed two things. The smaller units of the fives and fifties were the most, and they were all praying the substance of the Lord's Prayer. And something curious began to happen. Over each meeting, I saw what looked like balls of fire, which appeared as the people prayed. These liquid fireballs were the same size, irrespective of the numbers in the prayer meetings. The energy and the power within these radiant orbs was being generated purely from the unity of these prayers and not the numbers of people gathered. As I looked, 
all these lights started appearing out of nowhere due to the prayers and they all were interconnected and then the darkness was being pierced by the lights and suddenly the whole of the land lit up like a Christmas tree and I saw what looked like the walls of healing and light emblazoned across the land at that moment I heard the Lord speak to my heart and he said my people are already in place don't start anything new join the dots and my heart was suddenly filled with hope excitement and faith I believe the Lord has stationed you, has stationed his people spiritually, geographically, relationally, where you are. He wants his people to unite and pray. Many of you are already in place, irrespective of your size or what you think is insignificant. There's nothing like a small prayer meeting. There's nothing like an insipid prayer meeting because God is with you. He said, where my people are, there I am in the midst of them, where two or three are gathered. God's presence is with you. So do not stop praying. In fact, some of you need to restart your prayers. Continue your intercession. Start praying over your streets, your workplace, your spheres of influence. Now, individuals and churches and networks need to start and generate more prayers. The key to what God has proposed for our aisles is unity. Unity in prayer, faith and action proclaiming the gospel across these aisles irrespective of color class culture or creed let us together ladies and gentlemen raise a canopy of prayer over our nation i prophesy arise and shine all aisles because this is your time let us create a unity and a power that raises a canopy of light and prayer across the entire land to join with us I want you to register today at canopyoflights.com. God bless you. What I saw many years ago, I cannot unsee. And what the Lord has been building in our hearts is that his people, the church, need to increase her prayer sacrifice, focus, intentionality. If you join with others, brothers and sisters, where you are in prayer, there's nothing like a small prayer meeting. I hope you know that. Because the reason why our Lord's prayer starts with our Father rather than my Father is every time you kneel to pray, you're joining a spiritual Skype call. Zoom did not start with us. You kneel to pray and you're joining a live conference, powerful spiritual call platform of intercession. People who have prayed, people who are praying, and people who are going to be praying after you. There is something in the atmosphere at this time. The prophet heard the rain before he saw it. And the rain was already falling in a parallel universe. And so he grabs hold of this spiritual reality. 
and the instrument by which he grabs hold of what doesn't exist in his world is prayer. And he pulls the prayer in the spiritual dimension, the rain in the heavenlies, he pulls it into the physical. Oh my God, are you with me? It's time for us to grab what is in the spiritual realm with intercession, with sacrifice, in unity. We should not hope about this. We should believe and know that this is going to happen. Oh my God, are you with me? I don't have a date. I'm not going to propose a date. But all I know is that what I saw will happen. Oh my God, are you with me? The first time I came into, to this, back to this country, I was born here, but I came after being trained as a medical doctor. And the Lord began to show me what he wanted to do. And he said to me, you're not here by accident, but you're here by divine design. You're here as part of my recruitment to this part of the world in preparation for the coming of my son Jesus. Drop your agenda, pick up my program. I am a reluctant missionary. The first thing I said to God was, change the weather if you want me to stay here. <laughs> Hello. So I'm not telling you what I have conjured up. People more spiritual, older, in previous generations have seen the same visions. Hallelujah. We can't all be crazy. And I believe that the church needs to unite. When you start praying, coincidences will happen. When you stop praying, they will stop. One of your guys wrote that. Hallelujah. And one of the things that the Lord told me to tell you as a movement is that the leadership teams of churches, prayer groups, we need to rediscover prayer and fasting. <laughs> I know we live in a dimension of grace, but our Lord said when you fast, not if you fast. Hello. And these guys came together and they fasted and they prayed as a leadership team. And I propose to you that the ministry of Paul and Barnabas may not have happened if they hadn't had this prayer meeting. It did not occur to them that these two needed to join together and be sent out on mission. It is in the place of prayer that the Holy Spirit and the realities and the strategies come to our attention. People in our churches that need to be launched out, that we haven't seen or we don't see through the eyes of God, and it's in the place of fasting and prayer. Some things are not going to shift until we get to that place of sacrifice. This is not about works. Please don't give me a, th a theological thesis about that. No, this is how spiritual things work. Hello. It's all across the Bible. When we sacrifice, 
Things are released. Why did God say to Abraham, sacrifice your son? Do you think God is into blood sacrifice? But when our heart shifts, God can do more. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The God is limited. I call it for as far as the earth is concerned with our own hearts. When our hearts connect with his heart, when we break through our comfort zones, the open heavens we seek, hallelujah, will appear. And I believe that God is saying to us, it's time for us as leadership teams to have retreats, to have prayer meetings, to have weekends where we're just praying and fasting. Teach your leadership team how to pray, but also teach them how to fast. Hallelujah. It's time for us to rediscover some of these things that the early church knew. The church of the first century are teaching us things in the 21st century that we have to pick up and replicate if we're going to see a move of God. I know you may not invite me back again, but let me repeat myself. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor, please. Let's just, we're Pentecostal anyway. So I usually say this in Anglican settings. So just look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to fast there. Hallelujah. I believe there's a wave coming. Hello. I believe there is a what? Wave coming. Somebody shout it. A wave is coming. Oh, you don't sound convinced. Say a wave, a wave is coming. A wave of God's grace is coming. And it's going to be a wave of discipleship of prayer, of mission, and unity. Oh, my God. Let me, let me explain what I mean. Um, one of the visions I saw, I saw a movement of young people. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's time to find your Timothy. It's time to find your Elisha. It's time to find your Esther, your Ruth. It's time to find your disciples and give birth to them by prayer and by mentorship. And this has nothing to do with church. It can be in the context of church, but you have to find your disciples. Everybody here is going to need to get back into discipleship, not into church membership. Chris, I know you're not going to invite me again because they're not going to vote for me on this one. Hallelujah. A wave of miracle signs and wonders. We were, talking, we're, we're discussing this yesterday of all kinds of miracles and signs and wonders that were happening in different people's lives. We're just sharing this. 
And it's time for us to get back to this and to see this happen, and it can happen. You see, one of the reasons why many of us don't see signs and miracles and, and, and all these wonderful things happening is because we're preaching to the wrong people, church folk. Most of Jesus, if not all of his signs and wonders, was not within his discipleship group. It was outside of the church. Hello. Knock on the door of your neighbor. Find out what's happening and say, can I pray for you? Oh, some of you don't realize you have, mir you have miracle uh, ministries. But you've been hanging out in church. It's time to pray for the Uber driver. Hello. Oh, my God. Are you with me? Um, in the last 30 days, we had um, people from India, from across the world, and from here. The Asian community came together, and because they knew that I was an ex-Muslim, they came to find me and said, can we do 30 days of prayer for Muslims to encounter Jesus during the 30 days? And so we began to pray every hour of every day for 30 days. They went out onto the streets, and people got healed. And 12 people from the Muslim community came to Jesus. Do you do realize that the church began in, a, in the Middle East? They have not changed. They are still the same people. The Muslims learned how to be fanatical from the Jews. What I'm saying is, the church, the gospel does what it says on the team. You don't need to add to it, you don't need to take away from it, just preach the gospel. And the gospel will do its job. Signs and wonders will follow the gospel. Oh my God, I'm in the wrong place, Chris, I'm going. Hallelujah. We need, I've talked about prayers, I'm not going to, I'm not going to repeat that, I'm coming back to that. A wave of discipleship in the marketplace and in all sectors of society. And we can't do this with the kind of structures of church that we have. Oh, let me, this is not a, this is not a church seminar, so please just help me. There's a, there's a difference, as the lovely chaplain was telling us, between church and kingdom. We're trying to bring the world to church when they're already on the edge of the kingdom. Take the kingdom to them. Do you realize that more miracles happen in the kingdom than in church? <laughs> okay, that's it. You will get that tomorrow. If you want to see signs and wonders, get out of the boat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then you discover that you can walk on water. But if you stay within the safety of church, church is wonderful. But church is the gym. Do you live in your gym? Hello. 
The church is the gym, G-Y-M. It stands for grow your muscles. That's what we're called. That's what the gym, that's what the church is. Just for the equipping. And then we send you out. We are not supposed to. How many people do you invite to your gym to have a meal? You're sweaty. And you don't look yourself. So why are we inviting people to church to come and meet Jesus? It's the wrong model. All you will do is grow members, not disciples. Oh my God, I'm believing. Are you with me? You'll find out that people like to be comfortable, Pastor. But you can't let them get comfortable. Because Jesus did not let his disciples get comfortable. Just when they began to get comfortable, he said, get out of here. Go to the villages. Go where I'm going. And they discovered that they could do signs and wonders like he did. But they couldn't do it when they were, when they were with him. But they did it when they were away from him. Oh, my God. Jesus is Lord. A wave of unity. I'm, I, I'm running out of time. How much time do I have? Hallelujah. Um, let me just tell you something that's coming on the earth. If you, if, you if you understand this principle, your church will grow. For those of you that want your church to grow. But just for your, for your information, Jesus only had 12. And when he finished, his church was not bigger than 120. After three years, God himself. So, 1,000 is overrated. <laughs> and the reason why Jesus stuck with 12 is the principle of quality, not quantity. We need to move away. If we're going to save the world, we need to move away from quantity to quality. Make one person a disciple and they will multiply. Hallelujah. Make a person a member and they remain a member. They will not multiply themselves and you forever have to feed them, take care of them, support them and teach them. There are people in your church you've been teaching for 10, 15 years. Jesus spent three years, and in between the three years, they were already laying hands on the sick. I got saved in medical school, and I was laying hands on people before I even knew what a church meant. Before anybody could tell me, I'm not a pastor. Hallelujah. So the spirit of what I'm saying is, if we're going to save this nation, heal him. Your root is revival. Hallelujah. I repeat, Elim, your root is revival. And so we need to get back into a kingdom mode and do church part-time and do kingdom full-time. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Am I making sense to any of you? Please forgive me for my expressions. I'm not here to offend anybody. Hallelujah. Um, and the world is going to get darker. But that's what's going to make us brighter. Hallelujah. It is the trials. It is the tests that make you get your degree. You don't get your degree without a test. So whatever trials, Joseph was thrown into the pit and into prison. And those are the things that formed his foundation. And so when he got to the promise, he didn't have pride in him. He was toned. He was, he was matured. He was tested. And he could carry responsibilities. Hallelujah. We need more trials. Um, somebody went to the underground church. Two things I'll say about that, and please, pastors, don't get offended about this. They went to the underground church in China many years ago. I think it was in the 80s. I think they locked up all the pastors. The authorities locked up all the pastors. And within that year, the church doubled. <laughs> That's a church growth strategy. <laughs> but then... They asked, how can we pray for you? And they said, please pray that the persecutions don't stop. Because that was what was shaping them. That was what was honing them. That was what was keeping them focused. Hallelujah. We need to stay focused. There are millions on these aisles. And we need to get the gospel to their to, to their homes. And God is going to have people meeting in homes. There's a lovely woman in our church from Pakistan. She's got over a hundred Muslim converts from India and from Pakistan. And some of their husbands don't know that they are converted yet. But they meet in homes. Hello, are you with me? And what I'm saying is that the home becomes the, the cell, the breathing place of the church. And God is going to raise globally, I don't know about the West, but we're going to need to go back to homes. Oh my God, are you with me? Train up your, your families to mentor their kids. To have Bible study, not in your church, but with their kids, with their neighbors. Oh, am I saying something that, am I in the right place? Chris, am I in Elim? Hello, are you there? We need, uh, what, what I'm saying to you, I'm giving you what God told me to give you. Hallelujah. Sometimes people don't call me back after I speak like this. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the Lord is saying that as the church he is prepared to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But the shape and the strategy and style may change, will change 
if we are open to see what he wants us to see. There's a reason Jesus focused on the 12. And I've mentioned that already. Because quality is what changed the world, not quantity. Jesus fed 5,000 and released them, but they were not part of his core. Are you with me? So if your church is 100, you're doing well. Hallelujah. Oh my God. I've just blasphemed to pastors. It's difficult, I know, doing the model of the kingdom. The model of the world makes us comfortable, strokes our ego, and it's a tried and tested model that delivers in certain areas. So I'm not saying jettison church. What I'm saying is go back to your closet with your leaders and stay there until you're clear what God, the, what Christ and the Holy Spirit is saying to you for 2022, 2023, and this season of your, of your church. Please don't be guilty about how many disciples you've actually made or not made. Just ask God, God, we're open and we're ready for what you are asking us to do. Somebody may be asking, what next? And I believe that God is saying that the next set of decades would see a multiplication of disciples. Disciples that are following Christ and will result in a spiritual climate change. Are you with me? Now, I need, to I need to say something that may hurt. The world is never going to accept the church. Hello. Let me repeat myself. The world is never going to accept the church. Because one minute you are with the world, the next minute the spirit in the world will eject you out. And so we need to understand, I went to Israel and I went to a village called Netanya. Lovely village and I could live there. It was near the sea, warm, not like England. Mediterranean weather. And they told me that they live in this idyllic environment with a consciousness that war can break out any time. All their children up to the age of 21 were trained in military warfare. The spirit of what I'm saying is that we are in the world but not off the world. And we can't get comfortable with the world. We love everybody. We engage with the world. We, we embrace our communities. We own our communities. 
But we need to live in that consciousness that at any time the cloud of glory may move or a herald may arise. Are you with me? You need to live in that consciousness that you could lose everything you worked for for 20, 30 years. And you move on without looking back. Oh, this is too hard. Sorry. Oh, my God. My time is up, is it? Sorry, I've lost track of time. How many? I, I need someone to give me. How many minutes? Just thank you. Thank you. There will be a stronger and deeper and wider movement of prayer everywhere. This will be followed by a move of the spirit amongst the younger generation resulting in a massive harvest of souls. I'm telling you what is going to happen, not what could happen, what will happen. There will, there will be an overflow into all areas of society. This will overflow into all areas of society and there will be many small, medium, large-scale gatherings, including stadium crowds focused on Jesus Christ and his gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Your lovely superintendent wrote this wonderful piece on this book I wrote. And this book that I'm giving out for free um, is not... It's not coming to me. It has nothing to do with me. It's just to the ministry. But everything I've written and number of things I've said, I've written to that book because I don't have enough time to share everything. And you can get it at, at visionoflights.com. Um, Hallelujah. And let me just stay with this. That church, we need to become Marines. Mindset, warrior mindset, sold out, ready to go. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. You're not dead yet. Seriously, and I'm, and I'm being serious, please hear me as a, I'm speaking to you as from a warrior mindset. On the battlefront, people's limbs are cut off. They're crying. They're in hospital. Some have died. But they are still full of life. Asking how, the bat how is the battle? We need to shift in our thinking, in our mindset that we're in the last days. And I'm not here to give us a kind of siege mentality. No. We just have to pick on more of the DNA of Jesus Christ. That there's a wall to save. Our church needs to become mission-minded. The title of this conference is Mission-Hearted. Let's place mission at the center of everything that we do. And train our people. And if the 5,000 have to leave, let them go. Oh my God. Hallelujah. I mean, the disciples loved the fact that 5,000 just looked at them and said, they just came to eat bread. And when he didn't feed them, they left. Are you with me? Am I being too radical? Seriously, you invited me. And I believe that God has brought the nations here for us to walk in collaboration. To walk in unity.
the Koreans, the Africans, the Asians, the Latino, hallelujah, the Europeans, the different cultures, a melting pot within these aisles. You are the guys that went to every nation. That's why we all speak in English. So embrace the people that have come here and walk with them. And let's get this nation saved. Can we stand, please? Hallelujah. There's a wave coming. And many of you are going to see yourself do things you never thought possible. You're going to see results that are amazing. That are powerful. That are out of this world. Because they are. And so this morning as we close, or this afternoon as we close, this part of the session. Let's say this together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And please just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask for grace to be your vessel and do your will 100%. I don't mind being embarrassed for you. I don't mind losing my dignity for you. Come and help me to give my all, my Isaac, on your altar. Jesus, help me to see what you see. Come and help me to come up higher where you are so that I can be in the epicenter of your will 100%. Say this to me. In the name of Jesus. Let's say this with authority now. Say, in the name of Jesus. We stand united. As one church. And we declare. May his kingdom come. And may his will be done. Satan. You will not win. Back off in the name of Jesus. We declare light into every darkness. We declare the gospel across this land. Every nook and cranny, every postcode will hear the gospel of the kingdom. And everybody that has been marked for salvation 
will be saved. Will be saved. And this church will be a witness to the gospel of the gospel to this generation in the name of Jesus. And we declare that in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen.